Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Rakuten helps you be a smarter shopper and save money on just about everything. People all have things they need to buy, whether it's home essentials or a self-care treat just for you. With Rakuten, you get cash back on clothes, groceries, travel, and much, much more. Even better, you can stack cash back on top of other deals like store sales and credit card points. In case you're wondering, the stores on Rakuten are the ones you know and love, and lots of cool ones waiting to be discovered, including Target, Lowe's, and Nike. When it comes to savvy shopping and saving money, Rakuten is a no-brainer. It's free and easy to join. Just go to Rakuten.com now or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Good afternoon everyone, welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind It is the Tuesday Bulletin, it's a different look Tuesday Bulletin, Natasha is off to Germany to see the hoops in Leipzig um, I think we've got an able replacement and, and Liam uh, joining us this afternoon Liam, you're very welcome to the, the Tuesday Action Bulletin I think it's our first show on, so you're very, very welcome to join us Thanks, mate. Pleasure to be here. Uh, apologies to anybody who was expecting a lovely Natasha and got my big fat face instead, but uh, you'll just have to make do. <laughs> but um, 
just to be serious for a wee minute, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody because I've I've not been on for the last week or so, as you might know, and I'm, uh, my father-in-law passed away quite suddenly. And uh, to everybody who has been watch who's watching, who's been sending in messages, I just want to say thanks. We we appreciate it, wife and I both, and uh, all the best to everybody out there. Sorry, carry on. No, don't be daft at all. I think <laughs> uh, certainly I know you are different side of the world from us at this point in time Liam but me and Lawrence is probably very well known to be bumping into folk caring about the place, um, I met a couple of nice guys on Saturday at the game so a shout out to, to Danny from over uh, across the Emerald Isle and also a wee shout out to, to Peter Innes who I know is uh, going through a wee bit of a tough time just now in the hospital um, he's in the spinal unit at this point in time from the Bucky Boys so all the best for everyone at Axon to him, Lawrence. Um, not been on in a week, uh, but we're back to to winning ways. But we're, we're on the eve of another Champions League game, and I must say I'm quite excited for this one. I know there's we've got our tagline there. It looks as if CCV is going to miss out, but I, I'm pretty excited to see Celtic back in Champions League action because it's been a bit strange. I think that we have started in the Champions League. Well, the, uh, there's not a lot of games left for us to get points. This is kind of the games that matter. You know, for me, the next two games are, are must-win games. Uh, so there's a lot riding on them. Yeah. You know, the league games are still a long way to go in the league, you know. Uh, so maybe not as important just now, but yeah, for, for Leipzig, for me, we've got to win this. And uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, but we're, we're not without our challenges before the game. So, yeah, it, it'll be... It'll be interesting to see how that centre-half partnership does. I think Welsh has been short of games. We talked about it before the transfer window shut. I thought put him out on loan, get my a year's experience elsewhere and, and get in a, another experienced centre-half. Uh, he's certainly going to get experience tonight, isn't he? He's certainly going to get experience. Obviously, he's played for Celtic in European football previously. He was featured in both Europa League campaigns. Um, one we don't talk about, one... Not too bad to, to talk about. Um, but Liam, would you agree that in terms of the Champions League so far, it has felt a bit strange. Obviously, we had that first game against Real Madrid. We're absolutely flying going into the game, coming off the back of a 4-0 derby win. Then you have that postponement for the Livingston game. You come back, your first game back's away to, to Shakhtar. Um, and then, you know, you return and you play that game at St Martin. It's just all felt a bit odd to me. I, I mean, a big, a big part of uh, of Celtic's game is momentum, quite clearly, and the postponements, whether we agree with them or not, the fact is that they did put a dampener on our momentum that we had coming through September. You know, great win in in the derby, decent performance against Real Madrid, um, and then you know the blip against St Mirren and thankfully we've won in the league since then which proves it was a blip but um, I think we're still going to be a, a week or two before we fully regain that momentum but we're going to have to find something tomorrow night you know Yeah no absolutely Lawrence do you think that has been one of the issues you know as Liam says there in terms of that momentum being halted because I think after you suffer that final defeat against Real Madrid even though it was a good performance players want to play again get it off their shoulders and return to winning ways. You don't do that. You then need to go straight from a Champions League game back into European football. You walk away from Shakhtar probably thinking we should have won the game and then you have that poor result at St Mern. Yeah, yeah, listen, we definitely lost a bit of momentum but the two games we've had so far in Europe, the amount of chances 
that we've created, if you're Ange, you're going, how have we not scored against Madrid? And how did we not beat Shakhtar? So it's been a bit disappointing for me in the European game to come out of two performances with the number of chances created and take so few of the chances, which obviously has resulted in only having one point. If you look where it's sitting, I'd have thought, you know, Real Madrid are in the points they thought they would be on. Leipzig are, unless they probably thought that, you know, they beat Shakhtar, they beat Real, so they're probably three points behind. We're maybe looking at it and going, well, we'll beat Shakhtar, so we're two points behind. And you look at Shakhtar and they're looking and going, well, we might beat Celtic, but they wouldn't have thought, you know, I don't think they'd have thought they'd have been on four points, so they're a point ahead. The next couple of games, the reason I'm saying it's, it's must-wins, you know, Leipzig probably look at Real games and so we'll take nothing from them. So... Sorry, Shakhtar's looking at going, we'll take nothing. So they can only win out their next two games because their expected points is nothing. You know, they're going to be at four points, anything above that's that's brilliant. With us uh, against Leipzig, we've got to expect to win our home, at least a draw away from home. But the fact that we've already dropped, you know, two points behind where we thought we were, that's what I'm saying, it's must win. Because we could be facing Shakhtar, they could be on four points, we could be on five. Shakhtar would be going, you know what, a draw at Celtic Park will do us because... They've got Real Madrid the last game. We've got Leipzig at home. They would fancy getting a bit better result against Leipzig at home than as away to Real Madrid. So, yeah, I think Europe's been disappointed for the number of chances that we've created and, and, and just not turned them into goals and resulting in it's only having one point. Well, I'm going to look at it a glass half full in the terms that they've only played two games. You've obviously it's our return to the group stages for the first time in five years before to the European Champions in the first game. I think the point in Shakhtar, Liam, is only going to be kind of decided upon how this group stage ends and we look at it either as a real positive point if we take, for instance, four points against Shakhtar and Leipzig or we look at it as the one that maybe got away from us and the whole picture of the group because, you know, I kept saying after the Shakhtar game, a point away in the Champions League isn't going to be a bad result unless by the end uh, of match day six you're looking at it and thinking, that was a game that we probably should have won and it would have taken us, you know, whether it's the last 16 or whatever. Yeah, I mean, those, the two home games, uh, Leipzig and Shakhtar, that is going to define this entire campaign. Um, win those two, and I think, worst case scenario, we're going to get third. Um, you know, then it's a case of can we take something away in Leipzig and also, you know, <laughs> Obviously, the Bernabeu is, is one that's everybody's writing off, but we play Madrid last, assuming that they wipe the floor with everybody else in the group as we expect them to. They will have already qualified by that point, and it's a question of, you know, we are playing. We might be playing against their reserve team at that point, which might just give us a wee outside chance of sneaking something. Yeah, there's a possibility of that, and we, we know that Real Madrid don't have a great... You know, I don't want to say a great track record in the group stages, but you know that there, there, there is shocks, there have been shocks, you know. Mm. Um, we don't want to bang on about Sheriff, but it did happen. You know, there's a blueprint there to say that a team has went to the burn about taking something. There's been plenty of teams in the group stages that have did that. So the, there is potential with that. Lawrence, you mentioned the amount of chances that, that we have missed. There's absolutely no doubt about that. We created great chances against Real Madrid, great chances against Shakhtar Donetsk. Is it you know, it's not even a question, is it, now time itself to take those chances? But how do you think that the chances turn into getting the results? Because that's what the, the players are banging on about in the press, and it's what Ange Postecoglou is talking about in the press. 
I think some of the, the chances maybe the players got staged threat against Real Madrid. You could maybe write it off against that, you know, playing Real Madrid for some of them. It's the biggest game they're going to have played in. It's Champions League, it's golden in group stage, but I'm not too sure you could say stage fright away to Shakhtar for missing it. So I really think, I don't think, although we scored a lot of goals in the league, I don't think our strikers are in top form yet. Yeah. And it's maybe it's a percentage game, you know, maybe we'll create one chance against Leipzig and we'll take it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, it, it looks we're taking a higher amount of chances, but it's just something you need to play through because we know the boys have got goals in them. We've stepped up a level. It's, they just need to start playing their back in the net when we're creating those chances. Because Ange can only give them a system that creates chances. It, it, you know, it's up to the players in the park to put them away. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that's just the way that, you know, the structure, the system and, and whatever else it is didn't drilled into it. Um, Liam, at your point, Joseph's come in here in the comments to say is that Real Madrid did draw at the weekend against Osasuna. Um, in the Bernabeu so you know th- there is teams that do go there in La Liga and pick up points um, so there's absolutely no reason why as you say you can't just write that game off because it's going to be another opportunity and a chance for us to get you know whether it's a point or try and go all out to, to take something there um, to, to look forward in terms of the point Lawrence makes about the strikers we've got a, a comment coming in about that um, to say why haven't we scored Maybe our strikers are not good enough as we think they are. I think they yeah. are. I think, as you say, we've just went through a wee bit of a, a, a blip. I agree with what Lawrence says there, that, that they're not on top form as of yet. But I don't really think scoring goals is an issue for Celtic just now. Would you agree with that? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Kyogo and in Kyogo and Maeda, you have the two, two, two of the top three goal scorers in the J-League last season despite the fact that Kyogo only played half a season there before he came to us. Um, you know, you've got Giacomacus, who was the top scorer in the, in the Dutch league before he came to us. Not bad, considering he was with a team that got relegated. Um, so the goal-scoring pedigree is definitely there. I agree with Lawrence, we're not, our strikers are not in top form at the moment. But again, I think that... the It's, it's an interesting dynamic, because that prolonged break that we had with the postponement and then the international break soon afterwards. Our rivals in the league seem to have come out of that with a regained balance. They've kind of taken time to steady themselves. Whereas we have been knocked off our stride because we were just finding our full flow just before all this kicked off. So I think... Um, my only worry is that tomorrow tomorrow's going to come a wee bit too soon because I think in a week or two everything's going to be backfiring on full cylinders but it's just what happens in the interim that's that's worrying a wee bit yeah no absolutely I think looking at a game like Saturday coming in um, I think you know looking at it it was always going to be one of those games I felt that the mood in Saturday actually going was a wee bit kind of gloomy Lawrence it was a rainy day here it just didn't feel as if you know I don't know that almost if the weather was the perfect backdrop to the game that was going to uh, proceed in front of us, but sometimes wins like that are really what picks you up. And after you know the, the start stop that we had through September, I've spoken about that momentum. I agree with Liam that it's just about getting that a run of games together. And when we do get that run of games together, we're not really going to be having these conversations about goals and, and chances. Listen at the weekend, you know, hit the bar, hit the post, couple of penalty shouts. The tackle and attack, the boy could easily have been sent off for one of the penalties they could have sent off. There's a few things that didn't go for us, but 
you're not going to win every game four or five nil. We certainly the chances were back up there. There again, retain a couple of them. A wee bit uncomfortable near the end when Callum gets sent off. But Motherwell's goals are that's a freak goal, isn't it? Yeah, you, you know the, yeah. it's so. It's a free goal from them. It's a bit uncomfortable when, especially when there's a magic five minutes injury time comes into it, you know, considering there was none in the first half. Uh, but you're going to get those in a 38 game campaign, aren't you? You're going to get wins where it is just 2 1, you win by the odd goal. So it's three points. You march on. The good thing is, I suppose, it's more minutes for Welsh and Jens together because they're going to need it in preparation for Leipzig. They need to get an understanding, I suppose, that back five. They need to get that, that understanding because when Carter Vickers is in there with Starfield, it seems a lot more solid, doesn't it? But they've got a lot more experience of playing together. At the beginning of last season, the two of them were getting peppers. So there is a bit of time sometimes for the defences to gel and, and get minutes on the park. So maybe it's a bonus that Welsh and Gents could put under a wee bit of pressure or you know, get another 90 minutes together. So we'll see. But I think it is just getting time on the part, part for them. Yeah, I totally agree. As well as that, obviously both didn't go away international. Stephen Welsh has been involved in Scotland under-21s. He's obviously now past um, making that team, so he wasn't away. Both him and Yates, I'd imagine, with Joe Hart, were all working you know, quite closely at Lennox Town together. So Celtic will have been working towards us. Um, the goal at the weekend doesn't come from a Welsh or a Yates mistake. It comes from, you know... I don't know what the the the, um, the comments will say about it. You know, Joe Hart, Joseph Juranovic. It just comes from absolutely nothing. And Motherwell are, are back in the game. But as you say, Lawrence, plenty of chances at the weekend. Um, and I, I think a Celtic team that is firing takes those chances and goes on to win the game. But I don't think we've got that issue at all. Um, Liam, just to come to this point, Callum in the comments here said a good result tomorrow can get us firing again. To me, a good result, I'd quite be happy if we take a draw over there. Just a, a positive result, don't lose the game. I think, you know, as I say, at the weekend, just getting that three points against Motherwell, that was all we wanted, I think, all we really needed. And that can then just start to put you back onto a path that, you know, you talk about um, teams setting themselves, that that three points could go a long way. Just setting Celtic back into a, hopefully, a, a, a run of good form. Yeah, I mean, the the... The Champions League now, this is not an exact science, but when I look at it, I generally think about it in terms of if you look at it like as if it was three two-legged ties like you used to have in the old-style European Cup, right? We've drawn with Shakhtar away. If we beat them at home, I expect we'll finish above them in the group. And the same goes for Leipzig. If we take four points from those two games, we should finish above them in the group. Now, that doesn't discount the freak result of one of them somehow beating Real Madrid at some point because I don't see us taking anything from when we go to Madrid. But, um, you know, generally speaking, I think a draw, to, a draw tomorrow and then two home wins sets us up nicely to at least get uh, third in the group and have a shot at least at second, depending on how other results go. Um, and to touch on the thing about the defence... Um, there have been question marks about Stephen Welsh as to whether he's Celtic class or whatever, and I I remain undecided, to be honest. I love his wholeheartedness. I love his commitment. I love seeing a young Celtic supporter coming through and making the grade. It's what I'm sure we all dreamed about at times in our lives, you know? Um, but 
he needs to have a big game. He needs to have his, like, you know, for I think back to example, when David Marshall had that game against Barcelona in the new Camp, right? That defined him. From that moment on, everybody's like, right, he's a goalkeeper, he's a real deal. Went on to have a magnificent international career and played at the top level. Um, Welsh has not had that game yet, and he's running out of time to have that game with Celtic. So hopefully, tomorrow night could be that game, where he just steps up and has a, a commanding performance that pushes us on and gets us what we need. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason why it can't be. I mean, uh, good aren't they? To, to take us away from Celtic just briefly, Scotland last week, when I saw Ryan Portis in the team sheet, completely different, but, um, but when I saw his name in the team sheet, I thought, I really don't fancy this at this point in time, going over there. Um, you know, we know that Ukraine's a, a decent side from what we've watched, even as Celtic fans, from you know, the, the bulk of the Shakhtar team being made up of Ukrainian players. And I didn't fancy Ryan Portis, but that was a, a big game for him and a big performance for him. But a lot of Scotland fans were saying, hands up, yep, well done. And I think that probably, as you say, Liam, if, if Stephen Bills goes and has that game tomorrow night, some people, I think, will be quite happy um, to eat their words. But Lawrence, you know, whether he is or not Celtic class, and that's, you know, what Liam's saying there, I, I'm a big fan of Stephen Bills. I still think there's more to come from him in his game. Um He's all we've got tomorrow night, and we need to hope that he has a big performance. And you know that will be uh, crucial to Celtic, either getting a point or getting a, a victory over in Germany tomorrow night. Yeah, we're going to rely on him. Uh, I, I think he's got the potential. He just needs minutes, and it's how many minutes. Beginning of the season, I was worried how many minutes they would get at Celtic Park. <coughs> he's expecting you know Cart Vickers start felt, and I was expecting Jens to play in front of him. Well. He's getting minutes now. It's time to step up. Listen, he's sure he, he's sure he can be a threat in the opposition box. Uh, I think him and Yates just need minutes together to get understanding. I, I touched on it earlier, you know, Carter Vickers and Starfield were getting pelts beginning of last season. And, you know, they got the minutes together. They've come through it. And I think it could be the same for Welsh. And Yates, you know, get minutes together, prove that you can do it, get the understanding of what each other's going to do in the park. So... It's a big game, uh, yeah. yeah. The stage is That's it, and they'll, they'll know exactly, you know, what to expect. And Ange Postecoglou will, you know, I've spoken to both of them and told them what he expects from their performance. And then going back to that, you know, with Stephen Welsh and Moritz Jones, what what would your overall take from their performance at the weekend? Because, you know, to me at this point in time, I feel as if Stephen Welsh has became the new scapegoat at Celtic Park. It used to be Greg Taylor. I could feel it on Saturday. People were getting on his back at the very first mistake and it almost kind of transpired after that. Do you kind of get that feeling? Because I thought overall the, the back two on Saturday didn't particularly have a bad game. You know, a, a bad mistake between the, the goalkeeper and Josip Juranovic brings Munnable back into the game. If that moment doesn't happen, I don't really think that, that Yates or, or Welsh takes the pelters that they are getting at this point in time. No, I mean, the, the, the fact is that you could probably name about five or six players in the, the team at the weekend who did not play to their best, right? It was not a vintage performance, but as we said before, the important thing was to break that run of one game loss and to get another win and get back on to winning ways and get back to top of the league, which is what we did. 
Um, and I don't think that any of the defensive players, even even Juranovic, although, you know, him and Hart, it was a communication error, clearly, for the goal. Um, I don't think any of them were particularly any worse than any of the other players in the team who might have underperformed. So I think singling out either Jens or Welsh or Juranovic is a bit unfair. Okay, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, on overall performance, much like this at Mun game, you know, um, Welsh and Jens came in for stick there, rightfully so, you know, poor at the back. But at the same time, Celtic's forward players, midfielders, had a poor game, didn't create chances that would get us back into the game. So, you know, we, we win as a team, we lose as a team. It's not going to help us get into a Champions League team for to think that, you know, it's these two guys' fault and that's it. It's a collective um and that's the overall bigger picture of it. But, you know, Lawrence, going into this, the two of them are what we're going to need to depend on. And I must say, actually, at the weekend, I, I thought Stephen Welsh should have better game than Moritz Jens beside him. Jens being the more experienced defender out of both of them. Yeah, but I suppose you've touched on it. It's, they need to do it together. It's the partnership and understanding you need to get as a defence or as a back five. And it's going to come through minutes. I don't think they're bad games at, at the weekend. Were they particularly good against St. Lern? No, but again, you know, that's one game in 38. Uh, <laughs> you know, these things happen. If you if you go every eight, 38 league games or 37 league games between a, a loss, you're going to be happy, aren't you? You know, St. Lern say, oh, well, it's just a freak result. I, I put that down as, and I thought Motherwell, you know, they were decent enough against Motherwell. It, it, it wasn't at the back that was concerned with it was taking our chances <laughs> was concerned us because we had a lot you know scored two and another day would have been five or six but yeah listen as you said he's the only boy we've got uh, I know Liam says it's kind of that one of one game without a, a win I'm sure the Scottish press were referring it to Ange's three games without a win uh, it's you know uh, it, it's just not nuts at times listen give the boy a bit back and I, I think he'll step up. I think he's got potential. And my only worry about the beginning of the season was getting minutes into him. He's getting minutes now. I think with those minutes, he's going to get a better player. And he's got a, a record of developing young players. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what Leipzig brings. At the end of the day, he could score, you know, he could score three own goals tomorrow night. It doesn't matter as long as Kyogo scores five at the other end, you know? Yeah, well, we maybe let away with two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had a bad enough experience at the weekend, be five and six freeze, so we'll stay away from that one. Um, but a lot of people are, you know, coming in to say here, Lawrence, in agreement with, with you about Welsh, that he, he does need that game time um, and that, you know. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. 
our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Donald here is coming to say that he needs games, he knows himself. Um, he said a, he's been a stopgap for Celtic at times, which makes it difficult, but he's a young boy who deserves to be in the squad at least. But we will move that into a, a chat around Celtic's academy. We know that Stephen Welsh has been there as a young boy and progressed right through the ranks and ended up coming into the team. Um, Liam, I want to fire this one over to you. Gary's come in mm. to say that Welsh and Yates deal with dangerous balls like old-style centre-halves. Cameron Carter-Vickers recycles the balls like a top-class central defensive midfielder, as he's put it, on top of being defensively solid. Is it possible that the standards set by Cameron Carter-Vickers are so high that when he does drop out, you know, we can see that gap and maybe we're just at an expectation that the type of football that Ange Postacoglu plays, it's high pressure, it has a lot of risk there, it, but it's, I think it was described as high-risk, ultimate-reward football. Carter Vickers is extremely good at it, taking the ball under pressure and playing it out from the back. I don't think Welsh and Yates are those type of players, and it might just be that the standard's been set by Vickers so high that when you do bring guys like this in, and they may look at times a bit dodgy with balls coming at the box, or playing out from the back, um, that it's just you know too quick to judge mm. on it. I mean, the, the thing is, I, I agree with the point that the that they do. Certainly, Welsh especially plays in a more traditional centre-half style, whereas Carter Vickers is more of the sort of a, well, not on the same level, but in terms of style, sort of the Lothar Mateus type who plays football out from the back. Um, you know, in his later years, Mateus was a sweeper at Bayern Munich and played that kind of role very well. Um, but uh, I think that... Um, there's a time and a place for that for the old style as well. You know, when you're when you're one 0 up with five minutes to go away to Leipzig, you don't want a guy who's going to try and pass it around the back. You want a guy who's going to rosette it. You know, and I think that that's the thing. There's room for both styles, um, but I think that the, the big takeaway from all of this this entire situation is that we underestimated just how important Carter Vickers and Starfield are to our squad. A lot of people were very dismissive of, of uh, Starfelt and there's been a lot of talk about whether he or Jens should play alongside Carter Vickers. And that's a debate that will play out in due course as Jens gets more game time. But Carter Vickers is is the man and we really, we really are weakened defensively without him. And that's not a slight on any of the other players. I just think he's a cut above everything else we've got. Yeah, absolutely. And his price tag says that, uh, both are price tags actually say that, and even coming to that uh, some comments here, Craig came in to say that they look dodgy dealing with cross balls at the box compared to CCV and Starfield that was probably something that was directed towards Carl Starfield and Cameron Carter-Vickers early on last season especially Carl Starfield, I think the jury for some Celtic fans was still out on him until that fantastic display at Ibrooks in the, the 2-1 uh, victory, L- Lawrence you know Liam said Cameron Carter-Vickers is the man, I totally agree with him on that and I think, you know, Alan's come in here to say he makes his defensive partner look a lot better. Yes. Um, I, I totally agree with that. But it's about, as you say, two guys stepping up. 
Cameron Carter Vickers isn't going to be there. He's not going to be that steady presence in defence. And it's for both these guys now to show that they can make the step up. They've been given an opportunity and a platform here to, to perform at the very top level of European football for Celtic. It's about stepping up. Yeah, listen, I think it, a lot of it comes down to confidence because last season, the Cameron Carter-Vickers staff felt been slaughtered because we didn't have confidence in them. You know, they needed time to learn how to play the style Ange wanted. And I think Welsh and Gents are facing that just now. It's about getting the confidence, isn't it? And, and once they've got that, you know, they'll feed off it. But it's only going to come with good performances and minutes on the pitch. And, you know, away to Leipzig, if we have a solid defensive performance there. And listen, Welsh is a threat in the other box as well. You never know. Uh, he's, he, he's good at attacking a ball in their box. So a good performance there, as Liam alluded to earlier, could be the making of them like it was with, with David Marshall out away to Barcelona. So, yeah, which is, and I think against Motherwell it was decent. It was certainly, they'd improved from the performance against St. Mum. So, yeah, I, I'm not overly worried about them as a partnership. I just think they need time. I do think Cameron Carter-Vickers and staff helps a better partnership, but they've had more time in the park together. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that, but it's what you've got at your disposal tomorrow night. Ange Postacoglu is likely to only have Stephen Welsh and Moritz Jens at his disposal, but, you know, the expectation Listen, is what there. happens if there's an injury at centre-half? Well, we don't have near beat on to rely on um, like in previous years. I think that would be the answer right away. We would probably tell you. You're then probably looking at potentially somebody like Oliver Abelgaard having to drop in there um, or, or even somebody like Anthony Ralston having to be brought in to, to play right centre half or something um, because you, you are limited in options we, we only do have those two options that's maybe out with Celtic possibly taking one of the, the younger lads over uh, with them but you know you'd imagine maybe be somebody like Abelgaard would maybe end up dropping in there but hopefully that doesn't happen both come through the game fine Um and we don't need to worry about that. But Liam, just going back to Saturday, um, as I say about Stephen Welsh and Moritz Shents, comments come in here to say that Wales takes pelters because he continually passes the ball sideways to their centre half when he goes forward. Fans, eyes don't lie week in, week out. I disagree with that. I think there's a goal, I think it's against Hearts, uh, potentially, and it's Welsh that, it's actually against Aberdeen in the first game of the season. And instead of playing the ball sideways, he wants to play the forward pass. And from some of the, the, the data surrounding Stephen Welsh, you know, not everybody's into football data, he is one of the, the Celtic defenders who likes to take a step out with the ball and, and play the forward pass more than some of the other guys. Well, you know, um, I'm, pro- I'm probably already going to get pelters for comparing Carter Vickers to Lothar Mateus, but I'm going to make another comparison here. I'm going to compare Stephen Welsh to Claude McAuley. <laughs> if you think back to when Real Madrid had Claude McAuley playing in their midfield, I think it was Zinedine Zidane who said he does the hard work so we don't have to. McAuley's entire job in that team was to win the ball and give it to better players to do the, the skillful stuff. And I think that is what Welsh is doing when he's passing the ball sideways. He's winning the ball, then he's giving it to somebody who is naturally a better playmaker than he is. Now, quite often that's going to involve a sideways pass. And again, there's a time and a place for it. Is it as effective as what Carter Vickers offers us? No, it isn't. But Nobody in our current defensive makeup is. Um, and I think what he does, he does well. It's just a bit more simplistic and a bit less exciting to watch than what Carter Vickers offers us. But that's no Welsh's fault. He's just a different type of player. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, but can I think back to when Stephen Bell started to get that consistent run in the Celtic team and Chris Ayer was in there. It's always if you try to do what Ayer used to do, um, is take that B step out of defence and try and start for something for Celtic, which can be important in games. You know, if we're looking at Saturday's game and it's tight, sometimes it just needs that wee break and run out of centre defence to start you in an attack. And as you say, if you know in yourself that you you know you lack maybe the ability of some of the Celtic's most creative players, give the ball to the, the, the better players and let them go and do their stuff. It's not up to Stephen Wells to create chances for Celtic. His job, first and foremost, is defending and keeping the ball out of the net. But, you know, Ange harks back to players being creative and giving the forward players uh, a platform to go and do their stuff. So there's a balance to be had in an Ange Postecoglou team. Um, but it's about stepping up to that and that expectation that, you know, Ange wants uh, from his players. Lawrence, there's a bit of chat in, uh, in and around... Celtic's midfield tomorrow in the chat, so I want to come to that. Um, we've seen Aaron Moy feature for Celtic quite regularly since coming in, um, certainly off the bench. And some people are asking, would there be potential? I know this was something that folk were saying about after the, the Shakhtar game before we place at Mern, um of possibly bringing in a more defensive-minded midfielder tomorrow night. Could you see Ange Postecoglou thinking about that at all? Well, I think Jared said he's, you know, he won the league in Australia one year, played two number sixes and playing a double pivot. So we do have a lot of number sixes at, at the club. The, the problem is, you know, Callum's our best, but he's also our best number eight. And I think maybe Andy's, maybe we've got some number sixes because he's trying to say, well, I think he gets someone like Moy or maybe Avogad in there. It'll allow me to push Callum further forward, but allow me to be more flexible in the game because I know Callum can play both positions really well. Would that see it t- tomorrow against Leipzig? Nah, mate. I, w- I wouldn't see it. I, I think we'll, we'll stick uh, with Callum at number six. I wouldn't see Moy coming in. I just... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I think it'd be a change too much. Uh, Maybe later in the game, maybe if you get something to hold on to, I might see it happening. But I think initially I'm just going to go out there and try and, you know, try and get a foothold in the game, hopefully get one or two goals, and then maybe second half when he's making his subs and make going right, we've got something to hold on to here. Let's change it a wee bit now. But I wouldn't think we'd kind of change the style from the off. Liam, in terms of that, and I think that's a really good point, and it certainly feeds into Dyson uh, Maeda, who I know is a player that you know really well, that we've got in the comments here saying that he, he couldn't hit a barn door even though he was... <laughs> The second top goal scorer in the, the um, season, and then top yeah, goal scorer so, 
after Some, Kyogo. Somebody needs to watch a bit more Japanese football. I think that's no no offence, but that's a very ignorant and uneducated comment to make, quite frankly. Um, the, the, the point I was going to make uh, to you there about uh, Dyson Maeda is I think sometimes his performance is dictated by the way Celtic do play football. Exactly. Maeda is definitely a type of player that likes the gung-ho approach of going right at a team and having a good go, which is something we did in Shakhtar. It dropped off a bit. But any time I feel when Dyson Maeda plays for Celtic and we go for it right away, I think his performance level just goes right up. I don't think he's the type of player from what I've watched of him, from little bits I've seen of him playing for the, the national team. I, I never watched him as a player in the G League. He's not a guy who's going to be a jotter, who's going to maybe pull you out a hole when you need him and do something creative that maybe is out of the ordinary. But he'll certainly be a person who will give 100% or press until uh, till dusk, probably. Um, he's got an incredible... Uh, battery in doing that and he, he, he has got a good decent track record of scoring goals it's just about I think his performance is up to the way Celtic approach games of football well again it's, it's a Stephen Welsh argument yes Maeda has not hit top form this season but neither has Kyogo neither has Jack Amakis when he's played you know it's um he well, that, that's a very good comment from Craig there, just saying that you know he needs a run of a five or six games because he does. I mean, um, I I watched Maeda carry an entire team for a season in the J League, right? When he played for Matsumoto Yamaga, um, he was the only guy in that team with any class, quite frankly. And uh, um, you know, it, it, he has that in him to really lift an entire team when he has to, and he does have. Although his speed and his durability are kind of what we see most of because of the way he's deployed at Celtic, um, he is a very creative player as well when you need him to be. Um, particularly if you watch some of his games with Yokohama uh, last season, he set up probably as many goals as he scored. And it was really the, the way that he performed was at times almost like a number 10 whereas we look at him primarily as a winger. And I think, yes, he can do that, but, you know, so can Kyogo. But I would argue that neither of them is at their strongest position. But it's what they are sometimes called on to do for Celtic. And the great thing about Ange is that he's got these players from all over the world and he's got them to understand, look, this might not be your best position. This is what I need you to do for our team. And they do it. And Dyson... Sometimes he doesn't have a great game. Sometimes he does miss a chance here and there. But you could never, ever question that guy's commitment, you know? No, not at all. He's one of my probably favourite players just now at Celtic. I just like what he gives to the team. And I actually think back to that really good header he scored against Bodo. I know it's not really a, a game that we, we, we no. talk about. But again, it was a, you know, I'm talking about the, that creative element to his game that he maybe just doesn't have, the, that Jota does have his, have his arsenal. But, you know, that, that's an example of Celtic getting forward on the attack and there's Dyson made in the right position at the right time and I know that uh, Hajime Moriyasu's tried to use him through the middle at times he certainly played that last week in the game against the USA whether that was just being experimental or not but he is confident to do that Some something I found really interesting Liam at the weekend was usually when you do see Maeda and Jota play together you see both mm. wingers switch Um me, me and my pals have a joke about this because it used to be the old Neil Lennon thing. I you know switch the wingers and see what happens. But 
<laughs> it is something that Ange Postacoglu likes to do with Maida and Jota. It's something I've asked Jota about in a press conference, and he said it is something that they do work upon in training that both feel comfortable in switching uh, either side because it gives Celtic a complete different approach to the game and it also gives your, your full-back something difficult to deal with. See, that, that again speaks to something about Maeda that has not really been highlighted since he came to Scotland, and that is his adaptability. Because I've seen him play for four different teams. If you include the Japanese national team, I've seen him play for four different teams, and he's effectively, his main position has been has been different in every team. At Yamaga, he was the lone striker. At um, Yokohama, he was part of a, a front two. And when he plays for Japan... He alternates between being through the middle or sometimes being wide. And then at Celtic, he's deployed primarily as a winger. Um, and that's the thing. He is, I guess, what you would call a utility player. You know? Um, but it's interesting to note that despite the fact that we, a lot of the Celtic fans do criticise Maida for his lack of goals so far this season. Um, and this is not a slight on Kyogo, but it's quite telling that Moriyasu, the Japanese manager, consistently picks Maeda ahead of Kyogo when he's picking his starting lineup. I think that that tells you about you know different strokes for different folks. Different players have different roles to play depending on what team they're in. And at the moment, Maeda is perhaps better suited to the way Japan play than the way Celtic play. Yeah, but as potential, I know some people would probably flip that and that its head and say. Uh, Moriyasu is not picking Hatati j- just now, um, but no, no, I totally agree with that. He probably looks at Maeda as just having something that wee bit extra uh, to his game and does consistently pick him. And he was a really, really important player coming in last January for Celtic. And, you know, I don't think, we said this earlier on in the show, that probably none of Celtic's attackers yet have really hit top form. Maeda's included in that, but so is guys like Yakimakis, Kyogo, and I think it's really unfair that Maeda seems to be the one that folk keep picking out as, you know, not not the player that we were sold on, because I, I actually think he is. Um, and you will see him play a big, big part for Celtic this season. Lawrence, t- to come to you and Dyson Maeda, I know obviously Liam watched a lot of Japanese football, so it's good to get his insight uh, on it. But Ralph Thompson's come in here in the comments to say that Maeda is super important defending from the front. He'd start him. I'd certainly start him. Mark's saying that. Um, but played well Saturday. Starts for me. I think that's something else that's important to to mention when Celtic playing European football is that you do need your wingers to you know if we're going to press and and go forward and get in teams' faces absolutely, but you also need them to come back. And I mean, he does not shy at doing a defensive job on either side, whether it's in the left wing or in the right wing. It's a great work rate. I think he brings out the best in Greg Taylor. I think they've got a great partnership up and down the left. Uh, and I suppose defending from the front just the, the amount of pressure he puts on we, we know he's got that engine that speed so yeah for, for me the starts uh, I don't think I'd be disappointed at all by him you know I've, I've really been surprised by how good he is in terms of what rate speed how well he's, he's fitted in I know Liam watched him a lot before he came to Celtic and other but I thought you know what that's what he's a really decent player and it can play across the front three. It gives us that versatility during the game to change things up. Sometimes I think people just need to single players out and I'm not too sure for what reason. I think he's a guy that 
consistent with delivers a decent level of performance. I, would, I don't think I've seen him fall, fall below a seven at a Celtic shot. So, yeah, <laughs> I think he's a great player for us. Will he get changed during the game? Probably. You know, it's the way Ange likes to play. He maximises the five subs and they're using him. You expect to see five of your front six changing and maybe there's probably going to be one of them, but that I've never seen him hide in the park. You know, he always shows for the ball. He always gives 100%, which... I can't say that about every Celtic player I've ever seen. You know, there's been a few that have had it and are not shown for the ball or, or whatever, or, you know, chipped it on the park at times. You'll you remember Edward when uh, with Kyogo in his more uh, natural position, I suppose, Lee would say out in the wing, put one in a plate for him and he doesn't finish from a few yards out. His heart wasn't in it. I've never seen a performance like that from them either. He always gives you absolutely everything. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I'm just having a wee look here, just in terms of the league last season, 16 appearances in the league, six goals, five assists, you know, that that is something that Ange Postecoglou will certainly be looking at. I know this season it may not be hitting that form as of yet. Um, I think a lot of us hope that having that full pre-season under his belt under Ange would maybe, you know, start him off with a flyer, but it's not as if he's been poor for Celtic. Um, it's just about getting that run of games. And if he does get that run of games, you, you'll see a completely different player. And certainly in the European stages, the type of player that you do need that is going to track back um, when you're under pressure, as Celtic will be tomorrow night, no doubt about it, but will also exploit space. That I'm sure Leipzig um, will leave us. They are 10th in Bundesliga just now. As somebody's coming in here to remind us this game is winnable. There's been a lot of change there um, since today's goal left. I think that the Shakhtar game kind of came a wee bit out the the, the blue. Liam, I know that's obviously when Tedesco lost his job. They had a decent performance. Match day two away to Real Madrid. I know they had a great victory against Borussia Dortmund. That's also been matched with a, a thumping off Borussia Mönchengladbach. That there's absolutely no way, reason why Celtic can't go to Leipzig tomorrow night and hope to get something because this is still a, a team I know Timo Werner's came back in he's back in goal scoring form, they beat VFL Bosham at the weekend 4-0 but there's absolutely no reason why Celtic should be going here fearing anything anyway Yeah exactly, I mean there's nothing that there is, um, there's nothing to fear I mean, at the end of the day this Leipzig team are not not by any stretch of the imagination, the best team we're going to play this season, I don't think. I think once we had our game against Real Madrid, and you think how we played against them for the first hour, um, we will not have a tougher challenge anywhere this season, regardless of how far we get in European competition. So, no. Um, what I would say, actually, is that Dyson Maeda in particular could be key tomorrow night, because if you look back to the Leipzig-Shakhtar game, where Shakhtar beat them 4-1. Two of the four goals came from de- from forced defensive errors because the Shakhtar players were basically being a nuisance in the way that Maeda is excellent at with the, the forward press, as we call it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you look at the, the one with the goalkeeper, bad, bad mistake, and as you say, getting in and on the break too. Leipzig are certainly there to, to be got at. Um... People are telling me there's no point quoting league positions just now, but I'm just saying, you know, Leipzig haven't had the best of starts to the season. They've changed their manager. They sit bottom of Champions League Group F, so, you know, they're there to be got at. And I think that's a really good point in Maeda. You know, we've seen Mudric, I'm not going to compare Mudric to Maeda, but we've seen how he exploited um, 
Leipzig in that first game, and that's something I think Dizemeda should certainly be looking to do tomorrow night. Um, Lord, it's just to pull us back in because we kind of went a wee tangent there to talk about Dizem and the way that Celtic's going to approach this game tomorrow night. The, the midfield, I agree with you. I don't see Angie making any major changes to it. I think you play your best players, and to me at this point in time, that midfield free picks itself with um, McGregor, Hatate, and O'Reilly. But I do, I do know that if I think back, to after the, the Shakhtar game, there was people possibly questioning whether, whether somebody like Aaron Moy would have been the type of player to bring in there, but that seems to have been uh, put to bed after his performance at St Mern. Well, I don't think it was, you know, I don't know how many shots we had on target against St Mern, but I think it was like 35 minutes in, 80 odd percent possession we didn't have on target, and Moy was your defensive midfielder. I, I wouldn't blame him for his not getting shots on target or putting a ball in the net. I think he's done okay since he came to Celtic, but I'd go with the same. Midfield as yourselves. Uh, if we've got something to hold on to with 20 minutes to go, you might see maybe Moy or Abdelgaard. Who knows? I could see making a change then, but not from an off. Uh, you know, Liam says you've got nothing to fear. Well, there is nothing to fear, but fear itself. And I, I think that's maybe what Ange is so frustrated about. Maybe that's why we didn't take the, the chances against Madrid. But a stage fright, you know, weren't sure. This is a must-win game for Leipzig tomorrow. They've got to take chances. They've got to open up. You know, if they came out of this and they're only in one point after nine games, you know, they know that, that that's the finish. They need to get one three points. They need. So I think it's going to be fairly open, which suits the kind of play that, you know, kind of style that Ange's got. Definitely suit uh, Maeda if he's got a bit of space to run into. So midfield, yeah, I think it'll pick itself. You look at the Leeds, I think, and they've got to come out. They've got to leave space. And if we can turn the ball over quick, especially Callum at number six, I think he turns it quicker than any other number sixes. We'll get chances, and it's just about taking them. Yeah, and that's been, I think, the story of our uh, group stage campaign so far. We'll get chances, it's just about taking them, absolutely. Um, I, I kind of laughed when I was writing up some of my notes for this show. I, I was in Leipzig for the, the last time we played there four years ago and I had a wee look back at the Celtic lineup, and even though uh, many German beers had been consumed in the afternoon and um, when I looked at this lineup, you know e- even the, the the drink wasn't enough to kind of make you worry just, just to kind of give you an idea when Celtic last played in Leipzig this was the team Craig Gordon in goals a back four of Christian Gamboa Jozo Simonovic Stedek Boyata Kian Tierney midfield of Callum McGregor Ibui Kuasi remember him Olivier and Cham with Ryan Christie coming in out the cold to play as a number 10 behind Edward and Lewis Morgan. Um, a wee bit of just a perspective on the, the last time that we visited Leipzig. I think that's the reaction. I think we've all got Liam A. Aye. Ho- hopefully Leipzig are studying that and expecting similar tomorrow night. <laughs> well, well, listen, I think if, if Leipzig are studying things, I think they'll be worried. You know, many goals have been scored in the league so far this season. We've had a great start. Be it the last two games, you know, or some men, actually, yes, Muddle were already creating loads of chances, you know, mm. and Leipzig know they've got to win this. I expect us to win away, and I think we've got to win away. Mm-hmm. But if you're Leipzig, you're looking at this thinking, we need to win our Europe's finish for this season. A uh, draw is think- no good to them, because a draw they would stay below us, so that, that yeah. really is no use to them. And, and they will be looking at it as a back-to-back chance to try and get points in the board now because realistically for, for Marco Rose, obviously the first game he wasn't in charge. The second game you're coming in, you're playing Real Madrid. 
not a lot of time to prepare for it. This is probably his first chance to try and make an imprint for, for Leipzig in the Champions League in these two games against Celtic. And obviously he's he's visited Celtic Park before, um, with Salzburg four years ago, same group that we're, we're talking about there. And, you know, but it's going to be a different test for him. Um, and there's no reason why Ange Postecoglou can't get the, the better of him. Um, so... I'm pretty excited for this game. Lawrence, what were you going to say there? I was just going to say, you touched that. Ange, Ange is going to be desperate to get a win as well. You know, this Absolutely. is the stage he wants to be performing on. He yeah. will be doing everything he can to get this result. He'll be looking for three points. Liam, I want to come to to this one. In the game against Leip, uh, sorry, Leipzig, we're playing Leipzig. In the game against Shakhtar, we kind of get the curveball and see attacks Ivanovic starting up top on that left-hand side with Jota in the right and Kyogo through the middle. I can't see a curveball like that happening for last night. I know people had been saying before the Shakhtar game, leading into it, you know, Haksibanovic was starting to get minutes under his belt. He started the game off well, but was eventually subbed at half-time. I really don't see Ange making any type of kind of curveball into the team like that tomorrow. I think the team's going to be pretty set almost, if not all the same players that played against Motherwell at the weekend. Yeah, I think, like you say, coming back off the international break and not having played for a while, uh, Motherwell was basically a warm-up for Leipzig. So I would imagine that the only changes that Andrew would make to the team conceivably would be players coming back from injury or anybody who got injured at the weekend. So I don't see any unforced changes, put it that way. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, Lawrence Lee Alabada, there's been chat in the press today that he is expected to miss the game. He was at Celtic Park training this morning. Um, it's Yom Kippur, obviously a big Jewish holiday. He missed out in the Real Betis game last season due to that. Um, you know, without him in your team, you're probably looking at Haksibanovic and Yakimakis as you're at attacking options off the bench. But it will be a miss. But it's also potential for, for Naeda and Jota as well as Haksibanovic coming off the bench to really stamp their mark on this. You know, Abada's been in and out of the team. Got that hat-trick. Um, sorry. Got his goals against Rangers at the start of September. Obviously in the, the, the game. Um, and, you know, he's been in and out of the team. But, I think Abad is going to be a miss off the bench for Celtic tomorrow night, but it's also a chance for a guy like Haksibanovic to really to step up and show his worth as well as the two wingers likely to start for Celtic. Listen, there's no doubt uh, it'll be a miss, but there's no guarantee he's going to start. You know, I'd have started with Jotun Maeda anyway. Haksibanovic has got a chance. Listen, so has James A. Forrest. He's got a European pedigree. He knows where the goals are. He knows about assists. I think we're, we're well covered in wins. It, it, it'll be a miss, but it, it's an area we've got to cover it. We've got covering, you know. I think Yakimakis is, you know, his Kyogo's cover is, and that's where that switch comes. So on the wings, I, I think it's for us and Haksibanovic that you're, you're looking at as your cover. If you start with obviously, when you're doing your, yeah, you'll be on the bench, no doubt about it. Um, just to get a finish in the last. 10 minutes. Um, yesterday there was a, a podcast put out with a, a Scottish referee, Liam, and it looks as if VAR's going to come in to the Scottish football before the World Cup break. It was expected that it would come in afterwards, which I know a lot of people weren't too chuffed with um, in the grand scheme of things. What, what's your thoughts on that? Because I think at the weekend, had it been in place, um, the McGregor red card might have been looked at a second time. Uh, I think that's up to just kind of judgment on that one but certainly Celtic were probably 
unlucky not to get a penalty at the weekend for the handball. Yeah. Um, right. Here, he, here's the part where any, any lurkers who are not Celtic fans are going to start calling me a crackpot. Um, the, the reality is... VAR is not this silver bullet that's going to solve all the, all the disciplinary problems in Scottish football, right? But it will help. It needs to come in sooner the better. But the fundamental problem, and this is one of the few things that Celtic and Rangers supporters seem to agree on, is the competence or lack thereof of the referees. Now... If you still have the same incompetent people looking at a TV monitor as opposed to looking at a ball on a pitch, there is no guarantee they're going to necessarily give the right decision just because they're looking at it on a monitor. Um, and then, don't you, you know, that's before you even raise any questions about the honesty and integrity of said officials, which has rightly been questioned in the past and proven our assumptions about them have proven to be correct in terms of their dishonesty. So, you know, it's it's a start, but there needs to be a root and branch, complete review of refereeing in Scotland from top to bottom. How referees are selected, how they're trained, how they are paid, how they're incentivised, and how they are disciplined when they make a mistake. You know, it, re- refereeing in Scotland is one of the only jobs in the world where you can underperform consistently, but nobody's allowed to even question your competence or you go on strike. You know, um, it's really, it, it's ridiculous. Um, referees should be paid more, but with that, with greater pay should come greater accountability. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's still a, a lot to be done about that as well. And the fact that they're part-time is probably another issue that a, a lot of people will, will point towards. Um, Lawrence, it was Stephen Conroy um, who's a former referee I think he's quite well placed with us he said in the podcast that it was imminent um, you might just see it before the World Cup starts um, but I think there's a lot in what Liam says there and that it's great that we're getting VAR but it's still going to be the same type of officials making the decisions which is the worry um, and if you look at Callum McGregor's red card in isolation I keep banging on about consistency and Scottish refereeing performances, I think it's something that just doesn't exist. You see this, the same one from James Sands happen, and he doesn't get sent off. Um, if McGregor's is a red card, that's a red card. And if that's deemed to be a yellow card, and I actually might have not been even a book, and I can't really remember with it, then it needs to be the same. It's about consistency, and it badly lacks consistency at this point in time. Well, since Sands one wasn't even a free kick, apparently. But, it, but anyway, listen, for me, McGregor's are sending it off every day of the week. You know, hearts out off his line. The boys can't get the ball. I think it's a sending off, too. No, absolutely. I so, think it's a sending it off. You know, as for decisions at Ibrox, I think Craig Levine, Jim McLeod, you can go through a litany of managers that have had um, some strange decisions against them and commentated on it. I think the biggest point, you know, refs are going to make mistakes and, and so the guys, you know, watching it. It's the unaccountability, the fact they don't need to explain it. You know, what did you see there that that wasn't a penalty? What did you see that the tackle and Hitachi's got to be a red card? You know, it's at least a yellow, but if there's bar in, it's a red card. It's a straight foot, studs up late in his ankle. It's a red card. You know, even though on Kyogre, I wouldn't mind seeing again. I know the terrestrial highlights package didn't really show it when he was going through. It looks as if the boy clips him and doesn't touch the ball. It's a penalty. So, 
but they, the fact they don't need to come out and speak, you know, they're not for a grand again. Surely they should have to come out and justify their decisions instead of writing up a report and sending it off to Hamden. You know, it's not an inconsiderable amount of money. You know, a grand again for a part-time job. Would it make it more interesting as a spectacle if they interviewed the ref after the game and go, right, ref, talk us through these decisions. What did you see there? What did you not see there? I can remember the Celtic captain getting punched and a player only being yellow carded. You know, the game wasn't even in progress. How would a ref explain that? I think that that would put to bed a lot of the decisions because actually having to come out and justify the unjustifiable, I think some of the decisions would change then. They would go, you know what? I can't go on live TV and say, yeah, I know, you know, striking an opponent in the head is an automatic red card. I saw it, decided that it was only a yellow because I just, there's no other rule than I decided not to apply the rules. You know, they're not going to come out and say that. So I think it does need looked at. I'm glad that Val's coming in. I'm just wondering if John Beaton knew it was coming in sooner and thought he'd get a few dodgy decisions in beforehand. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, I don't know why, you know, it's all been held in Scotland. I think it's something we should be sharing between associations. You know, when VAR goes, Scotland doesn't need its own centre. Ireland doesn't need its own centre. Holland doesn't need its own centre. You could have a centre of excellence for VAR decisions and refer it there. You would take out, you know, that the perception of bias then, you know, would certainly be addressed at that point. It would reduce costs, give them more maybe a to invest in grassroots football and developing players rather than, you know, I don't know many people's going to be in, in their vast studio, but I just think it's ridiculous that, you know, a small country like Scotland isn't looking to share it with other countries and other associations and share some of that cost, gets rid of the perception of bias, you know, but, but, but there's a few things there that we, we could be looking at, but other countries do it with, with refs. We know that yeah, Turkey will fly in refs, even Scottish refs at times, because they can't, have that perception of bias in their big games. Only in Scotland would we have a perception of bias. Uh, they'd be criticised for mentioning it, but they would do nothing to tackle it. You know, well, wait a minute, there's a perception of bias here, right? Don't mention it, but yeah, we're quite happy to let it keep going. It just seems nuts. Surely they need to do something to tackle that. And, and back to the strikes point that Lee was making. You know, that, that wasn't because we're criticising performance, that was because they got caught lying a Celtic manager about a decision to rescind a penalty award. Oh, it's a penalty. <sighs> Actually, Celtic, let's not give them it. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that really needs looked at. You know, you've had the head of a referee kicked out, you've had that referee strike. Jeez, you've had the head of, I mean, Liam will remember the head of the SFA, haven't he? Resign. Mm. Uh, with a, I think it was a three hundred twenty thousand pound payoff. Celtic get about two hundred fifty thousand pound compensation. He actually get more of a payoff than Celtic got in compensation. Yeah, they've been left at SFA. They're two internal inquiries found nothing wrong, but when it got to open arbitration, they couldn't put a case forward. Did that tell you how crazy it is? They were able to put a case forward internally twice that won the day, but as soon as it was open arbitration, they couldn't put a case forward. You know, what was it they said behind closed doors that couldn't be said in the open? And I but think it still goes on. Come back to that very point, you know, that, that case you talk about of the compensation. Um, that SFA chief executive, if I remember correctly, his career before that was a landscape gardener. 
Yeah. How does that qualify a guy to run Scottish football? You know what I mean? That, that's, again, that's the old boys club in play. He should never have been near that job in the first place. No, not at all. Yeah. And that's what both of you go back to as accountability, which just does not seem yeah. to exist within Scottish football at this point in time. Will much change with VAR? I have my reservations about it. I think it's good that it's there as a tool, but I think, Lawrence, you make a really lot of good points, just in terms of even cost, taking all ideas of bias and whatever else out it. In terms of the money that exists in Scottish football, just now we know we've got a, a TV deal now that, that people still think undersells the game. In terms of the money that's generated through that, it is not much. You know, why not look to, to cut costs and then look at that problem, biasness, and try and tackle that. Um, we hope that uh, we've given you some of a, a spring in your step before this game against Leipzig in the Champions League. I know some maybe were feeling a wee bit down after the Murrowball game. I think it was important that we got the three points. I know maybe the performance wasn't to be as what we expected, but it was important that we got the three points. CCV misses out tomorrow night, but we've got Wales, we've got you. We need to hope for a big, big performance for them, and we'll just see how we get on. Um, we'll be here tomorrow to build up to the game and we'll be tearing it apart afterwards and then building up to St Johnson at the weekend which will be another tough, tough tie away from home. Lawrence, as always, thanks for joining me on Tuesday's Axiom. Liam? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. You've been great to have on on a Tuesday. You're very welcome anytime. Um, Thanks to all our regular listeners, contributors. The support's much appreciated. You can vote for Axom. Um... For best in video content, the link should be below the video. I think it's still open, so it should be down there, as well as Natasha for best in women's football. Have a great day. Cheers for listening. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. 
Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer their home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.